You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about how we're thinking about the holidays this year with the pandemic on. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah? I just finished painting our living room. This task had been on my list for a while because we redid our entryway. And with that, there was some new drywall that had been primed for months. I think Neil finished that part of the project early in the summer. Mm. But the thought of picking a color and then (laughs) everything's connected all the way through to our hallway. So it felt like a big project to take on. Sure. I thought I was going to do it right when the kids went back to school. That didn't happen. And then with the cold descending, I really wanted to do it when we could still open the windows. Oh, sure. Luckily, early November here had been unseasonably warm, so Mm. I was able to successfully do that. As usual, did not get a paint sample, just chose a color, (laughs) bought two gallons, and went for it. It actually turned out okay. I was concerned when I first did it. I think I got a nervous box from you right after you started. Yes, indeed. Very on brand. (laughs) It seemed too light at first. Mm. We were covering up a muddy brown gray Mm -hmm. that was fairly dark. And so it took three full coats to really see the true color of the paint that we picked. It is lighter than I expected. We chose Constellation by Benjamin Moore. That was a really pale blue. In the past, I have gone too dark or too bright with colors. And I might have overcorrected slightly, Mm. but I am embracing it. It is very light, feels very clean, very peaceful, loving it. Hearing about you doing painting at your house has made me look around my house and think, what should I paint? And I am feeling like I really want to paint our half bath a dark green. Mm. So we'll see what happens this winter. My next painting project is the kitchen that I'm in the painting groove now. Even though it's now cold, I think I'm still going to repaint our kitchen, going with a darkish, greenish, teal color. So once I do that, I can give you some feedback. Yeah, give me some tips on choosing color, Sarah, because that's really one of your strengths. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. What is new with you, friend? I have a Craigslist victory to share. We got, early in the pandemic, one of those dome climbing structures, which I've probably mentioned before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we got a little swing to hang from the top of it. So down into the middle, there's a little disc swing down below. Okay. But what I really wanted was a slide. And what I wanted to find was someone who was taking down an old swing set or something Mm. and was just selling their old plastic slide for really cheap. Because you can buy a new plastic slide, but for one thing, they're expensive. And for another, it's a lot of plastic that if someone is just getting rid of it, I wanted to find it. So I asked on Nextdoor. I like had some alerts set. My alert came through. Someone was selling a slide for super cheap. And I zip tied it to the climber. And it's awesome. I love it. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What's your latest read, pal? I finished Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. This is a memoir of her journey to becoming a non-drinker. It really took a different approach than what I was expecting. It was both about her experience, but also all of the problems that she sees with alcohol in general and drinking culture as a whole. Mm. So it wasn't... I had this problem and here's how I solved it, 
but collectively, Mm -hmm. we are not looking at alcohol the way that we should. And the rational approach is to become a non-drinker. Whoa, interesting. And she compared it to cigarettes, how you say there's smokers and non-smokers, where with alcohol, we think of alcoholics and non-alcoholics, people who can tolerate alcohol and people who can't. It really made me think about it from a new perspective. Hmm. She also strongly criticizes AA, not in that it's not useful, but that it shouldn't be the only path to sobriety out there Hmm. and that it has such dominance and was created by privileged white men in the 1930s and really isn't an approach that speaks to women Hmm. and other marginalized groups and lays out the way she experienced that and how she sees that as a bigger problem. And she, in turn, created a different recovery program that she thinks speaks more to those populations. Interesting. I really loved it. The only thing I didn't like was that some of it felt more or less relevant to my life individually. Mm. I actually did quit drinking about a year ago. We were at a friend's wedding and at the rehearsal dinner, I had a drink and I just thought, you know, I don't actually like drinking. I think I'm going to be done and have not had a drink since then. But even with my own connection to the book, there's a big chunk that was tips to quitting drinking that was interesting to hear, but perhaps less relevant, depending on the person reading the book. Hmm. I would absolutely recommend it. I think it was really fascinating. And I think it's good to be pushed out of your comfort zone and rethink something that is accepted in our society and question, why are we accepting that? And what would it look like not to? What have you been reading? I recently listened to Sitting Pretty by Rebecca Tossig. The subtitle of this book is The View from My Ordinary, Resilient, Disabled Body. Tossig was paralyzed after having cancer as a very young child. So basically her whole experience of being in the world has been with a disabled body. Mm -hmm. So this is a memoir, but then she also tells all this history of things like the Americans with Disabilities Act, which I knew almost nothing about. So it's this delightful primer Mm -hmm. about disability and ableism and how those things intersect with other marginalized groups in our society. I learned so much from this book, but I enjoyed it so much at the same time. Mm. I loved her voice. If you are going to read this, I highly recommend the audiobook because she's the reader. But even more than that, her voice as a writer is just so generous with the reader expecting the best of you while educating you about things that I certainly should have known about and thought about before, Mm -hmm. but hadn't. So I am so thankful that a book like this exists. The only thing I didn't like about it is how terrible the world is for people with disabilities. But that said, I think it is an absolute must read and a great listen. Let's move on to our topic for today, our pandemic holiday plans. We will start with Thanksgiving. So tell us first your regular plans, what you would normally do, and then what your plans are for this year. We don't have a real set tradition for Thanksgiving. For a few years, Neil had been taking the kids to visit his family, Hmm. and I had the house to myself where I made a couple key Thanksgiving dishes early in the week, ate those by myself, cleaned and organized the house, and watched terrible reality television. The dream, basically. (laughs) It was. And I don't feel particularly attached to Thanksgiving that the idea of not spending it with my family didn't feel problematic in any way. Mm -hmm. Though many people would offer to invite me to their Thanksgiving dinner. 
because it seemed weird to be by myself on Thanksgiving. And I was like, no, I love the aloneness. More of the aloneness, please. (laughs) So good. (laughs) And then last year, we had Thanksgiving dinner at Neil's parents' house that live here in town. And some other family came in, I believe. I do not love hosting Thanksgiving, which I used to feel a little guilty about. And now I just embrace it. It's not my favorite thing. So we'll be just the four of us. So I suppose I will be hosting it. (laughs) We won't be doing a turkey. That feels like way too much work. The kids requested the canned cranberry sauce. They each want their own can of that to eat. And I thought, no problem. I will happily buy you each a can of cranberry sauce. And we'll have our favorites, some different fruit salads and the green bean casserole. So it should be very low key. Hopefully we'll be able to meet up with Neil's parents afterward for some kind of outdoor adventure, maybe going on a hike or meeting up for a walk or some such. Mm -hmm. For actual meal time, it will be just us in our house. How about for you? Normal would be to see some kind of family, either at our house or their house. The past few years we've hosted and had friends come for the actual meal along with whatever family is in town, which has been really nice. But that is clearly not happening this year. Andrew loves to fry a turkey. And when we first started about Thanksgiving, even acknowledging that it was just going to be our family of four, he was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm definitely frying a turkey. But then we realized that our garage door had gotten kicked in soon after we moved to this house Mm -hmm. and some things had gone missing. But we didn't realize at the time that the turkey frying burner was also lost in that event. Mm. So... In order to fry a turkey this year, we would not only have to buy the turkey and the oil to fry it in, which is a significant expenditure, we would also have to buy the burner. Mm, mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. We will be doing our typical side dishes and watching lots of football, which is Andrew's preference. Probably have lots of hors d'oeuvres along with the side dishes. Usually what we do is eat hors d'oeuvres all morning and then have a mid to late afternoon dinner. So Mm -hmm. I think probably we'll keep that same timing just without a turkey. All right. What about Christmas? Same question. We will be having it here, which is usual. Since E was born, we've always had Christmas at our house. I'm guessing Neil's parents won't come, but that's to be determined as we get closer and evaluate everyone's comfort level and where the cases are. Up to this point, we haven't had anyone socializing inside our home, so it would be a big step if we went that direction. Mm -hmm. We usually visit my parents for about a week right after Christmas, and given the rising caseload, it looks like that won't be happening. But actual Christmas Day will be fairly similar to what we usually do. Having the breakfast casserole, stockings, main presents, not making a big meal for Christmas because I hate doing that, (laughs) but still having many delicious things to enjoy. What is it going to look like at your house? Very similar to our house. We are usually home on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and then travel afterwards. Mm -hmm. We won't be doing the afterwards travel this year, but pretty normal otherwise. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Holiday season plans in several categories. First, activities. I have been thinking about how can we make this winter feel enjoyable? It feels really dark going into it with the cases going up. It feels dark literally. Mm -hmm. It's cold. It's already a hard season for me. And with the weather turning, it just feels like there needs to be some proactive plans to make it a positive experience for all of us. Mm. 
One of my plans is to start doing more puzzles. I find them really relaxing and satisfying. One of my good friends is a puzzle fiend and has so many. So I had her drop off a few for us to start doing. Neil turned our entryway door into a desk for the kids when they did online school back in August, Mm. which they never used other than to create a cave and do their school underneath it. (laughs) But... (laughs) It will be the perfect puzzle situation because prior to that, really the best place to do a puzzle was our kitchen table, Mm -hmm. which we need to eat on every day. Yes. So now that we have this large expanse, I am thinking of constantly having puzzles going that people can come in and out of. I love that. I am also wanting to do some themed reading both for myself and the kids. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to continue the Winter Street series by Ellen Hildebrand. I read the first one last year and I liked it. But when I finished the first one, I thought, I'm going to save the rest so that I can do this again next December Mm. where it's light, there's a little bit of substance, in theme with the holidays. I also already read Holidays, (laughs) D-A-Z-E, by Christina Lauren. And that's great if you're looking for something that has a little bit of cheese, but is still really fun and in the holiday spirit, I recommend that to listeners. I have a recommendation also, maybe for you, Sarah, if you haven't read this one, but for listeners too. There is one called A Kiss for Midwinter, which is part of the Brothers Sinister series by Courtney Milan that we've talked about before Mm. on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And this is number 1.5. So it's a short little novella, but it is in a holiday theme. And was very enjoyable whenever I read it. Love it. It also feels the perfect time for mysteries. I've been doing a lot of rereading of mysteries and might continue rereading Gamash. I know the next one in the series is winter-based, so it could be right in line. I'm also wanting to find some sort of holiday-themed read-aloud for the kids. Mm. Now that we're into reading chapter books together, I'm not sure what that would be. I might put in a request for the librarians to see what they could come up with and throw it out to listeners. If you have holiday-ish chapter books, let me know. What activities do you have lined up for your crew? We are tentatively planning to drive to Dallas two weeks after Thanksgiving, which will allow us Mm. time to quarantine from plumbing in school. Her school is doing an extended holiday break, so they will go to school up through the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving, and then we don't go back again until January 6th. That's smart. So we have all of December to not be in close proximity to people, but that means that my parents can quarantine in Dallas Mm -hmm. and I can quarantine with the kids here. Andrew will continue to do his regular work situation, which is masked and pretty safe. And then we will go and be able to spend normal time together. That is the hope. If things get really bad and it's looking even like things at Andrew's work are bad, then we might reevaluate Mm-hmm. and not go. But I'm hopeful that that will work out because if not, that is a really long time for Plum to not be in school and to be home. Mm, yes. And not have the diversion of interacting socially with somebody else. A good change of scene for everyone. Yes. And while I know that I will be doing my normal life basically just in someone else's house, it will be really nice if we can see those loved ones. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I am going to try to line up lots of virtual playdates and commit to regular attendance at story time. We will probably give the kids the bikes we got them for Christmas early so they can ride them in the month of December. Being in Birmingham, the weather tends to be pretty mild. And even if it's rainy, we will put on the rain pants and the raincoats and get out there still. Yes. 
I'm also considering whether I'll have it in me to build that outdoor kitchen that I've talked about before Mm. so that we'll have even more things to do in the yard at home. I do have to build a chicken coop first, so we will see (laughs) how that goes. Yes. Also planning, if the weather holds up, lots of fire pits and winter gardening. Not that there's that Mm. much to do winter gardening wise, but we do have things growing out there, Mm -hmm. mostly kale and cabbage, but something. (laughs) Yes. I'm excited about fire pit fires also. We've been doing them pretty consistently since the pandemic started, Mm -hmm. but it's really different doing it in the summer when it's still light out than doing it at night when it's dark. Mm -hmm. We did that, I think, for the first time last week and- just really fun. We also do the Trader Joe's chocolate advent calendars with the kids, Mm -hmm. which is a surprising hit given how basic it is. (laughs) I had those as a kid and loved them. Not from Trader Joe's, but I assume it's quite similar. I'm sure. (laughs) So speaking of advent calendars with chocolate, let's talk about food. Yes, all of the food. Tell me about your holiday season food plants. Number one, Chex Mix constantly, starting with Thanksgiving and then hopefully just never ending. But we eat it very quickly, so that will be a lot of Chex Mix baking on my part, Mm. but I am up for the challenge. Yeah. (laughs) It is not Christmas to me if I'm not eating a bowl of Chex Mix for breakfast before we open the stockings. So good. Also contemplating making a new fancy or different dessert every Sunday in Advent. Mm. I might have floated this idea last year, only somewhat succeeded, so given it another try (laughs) here in 2020, see how that goes. The idea is to spread out some of that baking because before I concentrated a lot of it on Christmas Eve and that started to feel like too much so that we could still enjoy those treats and have it more spread out. So I'm planning on doing the cinnamon rolls one weekend. I still want to do the Yule Log for Christmas because I really like that. Maybe trying those truffles that you described, Mm. which seemed pretty easy and straightforward, but still yum. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe we'll find something else or maybe I'll just take a week off since that's probably what's going to happen. We used to make this really amazing dessert, which is where you get the after dinner mints, the pillow mints. Mm -hmm. Love those. Put them in a heavy cream in the fridge overnight so they dissolve. Then whip it to make whipped cream and then layer that with chocolate wafers. And then it makes like an icebox ice cream cake that's pepperminty and chocolatey. Mm. Not that hard, but really amazing. And that sounds really delicious. You saying this special dessert thing makes me want to make that and eat it right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you talking about whipping up cream (laughs) makes me want to make the chocolate mousse. Oh, yes. Years ago on the podcast. Did I double that recipe or did I just make the regular one? I know there was so much. There was so much. (laughs) I ate it all eventually, Mm. but maybe I'll just do a regular batch this time. Yeah, so good. Ah, so many good things. And then we'll have all our favorites. We do an egg casserole for breakfast on Christmas. Still not sure what we'll do for our Christmas meal. We've done enchiladas in the past, and I might go that route again. I really love having something ready to go that can just be put in the oven. Mm. So Christmas itself is really relaxed. Last year, we also did appetizers, which maybe I got that idea from you. You probably did. I love appetizers so much. (laughs) We did a bean dip and spinach and artichoke dip and maybe something else. Very delicious. Many options. We will see what happens when the time comes. Nice. What food plans do you have? As I mentioned, we will not be frying a turkey. I think I'm going to do chicken wings in lieu of a turkey Mm. because that sort of hits the same poultry needs. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's much easier. Yes. 
And then our go-to sides are roasted cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, your green bean casserole, and then for dessert, pumpkin pie. I am planning to eat so much takeout in Dallas if we end up making it to Dallas, which I think will be amazing. And for the time leading up to Christmas, we are planning treats on treats. Cookies, saltine toffee, maybe some gingerbread houses in there, Chex Mix from your recipe, chips and dip, cheese ball. We will probably do Tex-Mex on Christmas Eve. In Texas, we always had tamales Mm. on Christmas Eve. So I'll probably do tamales from Frozen, enchiladas, and cheese dip. And then egg casserole in the style of Andrew's mom, Christmas morning. Not sure about Christmas Day food. Maybe appetizers and dips, because as I said, that's one of my favorite things. Also just really into dips in general these days. (laughs) And then we often do hors d'oeuvres on New Year's Eve, too. Sort of a festive party food atmosphere. Yum. What will gifts look like in your family this year? Probably the same as usual. I feel like we've hit our stride with enough that it's fun, but not so much that it's overwhelming, Mm -hmm. that we've found that sweet spot. I'm contemplating for the kids getting stuff to create our own playset in the back. Mm -hmm. I need to get Neil on board for the construction of that. But since we're going to be home for those weeks, and at this point, I would be surprised if we were going back right away in January. Yeah. That it could be a fun activity for us to do together to create it. That might be a little more idealized than the actual version will be, but one can hope. It seems like something that all members of the family will get on board with. Mm Mm-hmm. Or at least have opinions about, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think drawing the plans, brainstorming ideas, mm-hmm. that part would all be very fun. HP and E have a friend near us, and they created something similar. Mm. So I've been inspired by them. And then the kids created their own treehouse situation. They call it platform poop. They made it from boards they found in the woods and rope and such. So I also think if we just got a bunch of things like that for the kids to use as they saw fit, tarps and boards and ropes. Yeah, the loose parts stuff. Yes, exactly. I've also contemplated getting one of those domes like you have, mm-hmm. but I think the life of that now that my kids is older is shorter yeah. than in your case. I would say it's perfect for a four-year-old at the youngest mm-hmm. and then going up. But since your youngest is six, yeah, the life of it is going to be a little more limited probably. And they've played on them before and really enjoyed it. But I'm just wondering if we actually had it. Yeah. Would that fade out faster? Yes, I love your idea of either engaging them in building something together mm-hmm. or just doing the loose parts things. Like I have been shocked by how much my kids do with the bamboo poles that were holding beans mm-hmm. when we took the summer garden out. We just left the bamboo poles around the yard and they are like making all the things with that. Totally happy. Yeah. The other pro in the dome column is we'd been contemplating putting it in the front yard Mm. so it could be like the neighborhood playground situation where kids could come over and do it. So that does seem appealing to me, but still wonder about the long-term utility of that. Mm -hmm. And then Neil and I don't really exchange gifts, so have no (laughs) plans on that front and keeping it simple with family, more of the same. (laughs) How about for you? So I already mentioned that we're getting bikes for the kids. Mm -hmm. Plum is ready for a pedal bike, she says. (laughs) 
And Plum's balance spike is too big for Pepper, but he is ready mm. for balance spike. Mm-hmm. He has a little push trach that he can really zoom on, but he's almost too big for that. So we have a smaller balance spike for him and a pedal bike for Plum. And then maybe an outdoor play kitchen if I can get it built. I'm also thinking about an outdoor workbench type area. And then on their Christmas list for grandparents, I put small but real tools. So hammers and screwdrivers so they could be doing some building things of their own out there. I also on those lists put things like drawing stuff and air clay, things that will be good for inside entertainment. Yes. Specifically thinking about six weeks of quarantining and family hanging and stuff like that. For Andrew, I just bought him some very expensive underwear with a coupon from REI, (laughs) and that is likely all he will be getting. (laughs) Perfect. I have been getting into skincare, and so I have an expensive moisturizer sunscreen on my list that I am hoping will be gifted to me for Christmas. You'll need to share more details about your skincare situation in a future episode. Yes, maybe I will. Let's talk about other traditions you are thinking about for holidays. What I'm hoping to do is going hiking on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. This is partly because I think it would be really fun to do and also a way for us to see Neil's parents on those days, being able to be together outside and enjoying nature. Nice. I am really very excited about how many seasonal books we are going Mm. to be reading with the kids. You Mm -hmm. mentioned seasonal reading earlier, but I found a great list called Decolonizing Thanksgiving, which the author says is an oxymoron. Right. But I put a whole bunch of those on hold at the library this morning. We also have a stack of Christmas books that we own and that I'll pull out in December that I will also supplement from the library. Yeah, I saw this in the outline and clicked on the list and also put some on hold. So let's talk about holiday spirit. How are you cultivating the spirit of the holidays for yourself and your people? Right now, I am all in on the holidays. I was excited to make this outline. I have a Google (laughs) Keep note going with holiday things. I've started listening to holiday music. Neil said, before Thanksgiving, and I said, I don't need any judgment or negativity. I just need to keep listening to this song on repeat. (laughs) Which song was it? All I want for Christmas is you. It's my favorite. The best. I should have guessed. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it when you said repeat. I knew that that's what it would be. (laughs) I also think it would be fun to watch some Christmas movies. I am not generally a movie person, but I am just wanting to be in that holiday mood and think I am up for some cheesy romantic comedies set during Christmas time. So good. How about for you? I am looking forward to my book club virtual party. Hmm. I think we're going to do a book exchange by mail of our favorite books from this year. So we'll get like one person. Yes. And then we'll send them one of our favorites that we have read. Hmm. I need to keep this in mind. We usually have a December party with a book exchange and Mm -hmm. we just canceled it. We're like, oh, we'll just have a regular book club. But I love the idea of getting a book in the mail that we can open. Totally. Or dropped off on your porch. Right. So smart. We are also planning to get our trees early, perhaps that Mm. Friday, right after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We will do one for inside and one for our front porch. Ah. And then maybe also decorating the chicken coop this year, which I'm very excited (laughs) about. Not a tree for them, but like some lights for the chickens. Uh Uh-huh. 
I'm also in the middle of a big house clean to sort of welcome in the holiday season. I was inspired by us recording this episode and thinking my typical impetus for cleaning is guests, which we're not having any. Right. But we deserve to have a nice clean house as well. Absolutely. And then I just ordered this week holiday soap scents from Blue Land. Mm-hmm. And I have seasonal tablecloths that I will do for our Thanksgiving and Christmas meals. Mm-hmm. And then last year on sale, I bought candle holders and I just ordered Mm. tall taper candles to put in them for our holiday tables. Nice. So we have been doing just one pillar candle to sort of, I think when your children were close to this age, it was nice to sort of gather everyone in in like a dinnertime spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I am just going to go for it with the holidays, you know, take it to 11 kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I support it. So how will you stay connected with family that you're not seeing, Sarah? Our kids are at great video chatting ages. We've always had trouble with this in the past, that there was a limited attention span for interacting with someone on a screen. Mm. But both of them now really want to share what's going on in their lives with folks. Oh, nice. So I'm wanting to make a more concerted effort to set up a schedule with various extended family even if that's only in my head to reach out to them, because I don't want to be placing this burden on other people that you need to be scheduling this, but just making sure that, hey, let's make sure to plan this on the weekend when we're all hanging around in the morning. Who can we be chatting with? Mm -hmm. I am also considering sending cards for the very first time. Get it. It could happen. It could happen. Right now, I'm envisioning it feeling fun to get out my hand lettering kit, which I bought five years ago in a burst of inspiration for creativity and then have never used. (laughs) Neil found it when he was cleaning out the workroom. He's like, do you need this? I was like, absolutely, I need that. He's like, you've never used it. I was like, the time just hasn't arrived yet, but it might be here. It's coming. Yes. I'm thinking maybe doing a handful a week so it's not a giant project. E is also into writing and sending mail and really excited about that. So I feel like I could get her on board and we could work on that project together. I love that. We are, as I said, hoping to see some family. We will also definitely be doing a lot of FaceTime. We already do a lot of that. And I'm sure there will be even more with Plum off of school. Mm -hmm. We are also definitely sending cards this year. We sent holiday postcards last year for the first time, Mm -hmm. which was great. I love sending them. I loved receiving them. I did think about this when I was making the outline that I need to probably take some nice photos of the kids Mm. to put on there. And maybe we could do the self-timer for family photos or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I'm not sure. Yeah. And there are no school pictures this year. Usually we send folks the school photos. Though I don't think I ever sent them last year. So I could put in last year's photos that we have into this year's cards. (laughs) From salt. (laughs) All right, let's wrap up by talking about what you are doing to take care of yourself in the last weeks of 2020. I have started meditating again this fall, and it has been great. I have been off and on all year. My original goal was to meditate every day, and that did not happen. But I still feel like it's become a part of my routine and something that I can always come back to and helps me feel more centered. Early bedtimes for all have been amazing. Neil and I have been turning off the lights before nine. Nice. The kids have been getting in bed at 7.30. Thank you, time change. We love you so much, (laughs) which is the opposite of what I would have said when I had littles because they woke up in the four o'clock hour for weeks on end. Uh So if that is you, I am sorry and I see you. It is me. (laughs) 
in our house now, kids are waking up early enough that we're having a really pleasant morning. It doesn't feel like a rush and they're getting time to play outside before we go, which I think is so good before they go sit in school. I don't feel rushed. I have time to read. It's just amazing. So lots of sleep and meditation is how I am planning to get through. Sounds lovely. (laughs) How about you? I have been feeling really filled up by all the reading and listening to audiobooks that I've been doing. Mm. Just feels like such a nice thing. I'm doing a lot of listening to audiobooks while my kids are around. I got wireless earbuds, so no one can rip them out of my ears Mm. anymore, Yes, which is totally awesome. Really helps put a damper on the whining, too, because when I don't listen to it, they stop. (laughs) As I said, I'm also getting into skincare. which has been a nice little self-care thing. And I'm getting a haircut, my first of the pandemic, a week from tomorrow. Mm, I need one of those. Are you going somewhere? I am going somewhere. And I am comfortable with their precautions that they're taking and how diligent they are about it. Mm -hmm. So I think that it will be okay. And I really need it. I mean, this hair is (laughs) out of control. I feel you on that. Mine has just been growing out from a buzz cut since February, so it's real special (laughs) over here. And I have a friend who her hairstylist has been coming to people's houses and doing it outside. Oh, nice. Both still wearing masks and then being out. Now that it's getting colder, I may be missing my window on that Mm -hmm. opportunity, but something I'm considering. Yeah. All right. That's the end of our holiday conversation for today. Listeners, we would love to hear what you are planning to make this holiday season special, despite everything that is going on in the world. Let's finish by talking about what we've been eating. I made chana sog and I used the two sleevers Pollock paneer recipe, Hmm. which I've made before Mm -hmm. and successfully made paneer at home, but I tried it and did not successfully make paneer. It completely fell apart. That's what's happened when I've tried it too. It's paneer crumbles as opposed to cubes. Which is not my favorite. And it's a lot of work (laughs) to go through to then have it be not very good. Yeah. So I was like, forget this. I just want to eat these flavors, but I don't actually care that there's cheese in there. And so I just opened two cans of chickpeas, rinsed them off, and threw them in at the point in the recipe at which I would have thrown in the paneer instead. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was great. I think I liked it more than most people in my family because I get in a mood where I want to eat that level of vegetation, Mm -hmm. I think more than my carb-loving children especially. But it was yum. It was pretty easy because you do it in the Instant Pot and it's fast. Nice. What have you been eating, Sarah? I have another drink to share. A neighbor of mine up the street had been making water kefir, and her daughters are the recipient of E's hand-me-downs. And as Mm. a thank you, after we dropped off a large load, she gave me a quart of this water kefir. And I said, this is so yum. I need to know how to make it. And so she had me over for an outside social situation Mm -hmm. and showed me how to do it. And she had enough grains that she just gave me a quarter cup of grains, which is what you need for a quart jar. It is so simple. It's a quarter cup of sugar, a quarter cup of the kefir grains, fill up a quart jar with water, add a tiny bit of molasses, which she said helps to keep the kefir grains healthy. Mm. So just like a little dribble in there. Stir it up, let it sit on the counter for 
she said she does two days. I did four because I like more of the tang mm. in mine. And then do a second fermentation, which I've made kombucha before, but have never gotten to the level of doing the second fermentation, which is what actually makes it fizzy. Oh. So you add a quarter cup of fruit or juice. And I just have been doing a quarter cup of frozen berries. And then you seal it and leave it for two days, burping it every so often so the glass doesn't explode. It is so delicious. It's fizzy. I feel very accomplished to have made my own probiotic drink at home. (laughs) My kids love it. I do think that the grains are different if you have dairy kefir versus water kefir. Oh, sure. They're not interchangeable. So you have to make sure you're getting water kefir grains, but very affordable way to scratch the carbonation probiotic itch that I often have. That's awesome. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Okay. So I'm just going to start it again. Do you want to re-ask Perfect. the question too or just no. cut it I in? love how cool. I asked it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of rambled, so I don't know that I've said this, but I'll move on to what I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs>